The Very Serious Crafts podcast is on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast, find out about our Patreon half-stitched episodes, and more. Hello, and welcome to Season 5, Episode 6 of the Very Serious Crafts podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Bones and Bobbins podcast. Today, we'll be talking about paper cutting in all its forms. Or at least... A lot, some of its forms. I was going to say, I, I, hopefully not getting paper <laughs> cuts because that's yeah, no. miserable. Mm. No, we don't want that. Yes, no, no, no. I'm going to back away slowly from that. I'm always getting mysterious paper cuts. Yeah, um, and like often from things that you wouldn't expect to get the paper cut from, right? Like Tin foil. Yeah, or a cardboard box. How did I do that? Cardboard box paper cuts They're are wor- oh. the worst. Awful. I, ugh. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> before we <laughs> go any further into that nightmare, um, we want to give a shout out to our serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to all of you. You're the best. And if you don't happen to be a member, um, there is a huge back catalog of um, bonus episodes, and uh, they would be available to you for supporting us. So, you know, if you want to hang out with us more, you should. So, first of all, before we start talking about paper cutting, I just wish that everyone listening could smell the smells in my house right now because someone is baking I think some quick bread and Mm. I just have to share that it's it's really it's really good so if you hear me drooling while recording that's why apologies I hope that no one can ever hear anyone drooling that would be the worst but (laughs) ew but also you can imagine right you can imagine the smell Mm. I want um, mm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, in things that are, mm, they don't smell as good, but they do bring a sense of like that mm, satisfaction. Um, well, first of all, I back at the end of the last season, I mentioned that paper cutting was going to need to come up as a topic on the podcast. And yeah. That is especially thanks to my sister, Anna, who sent me a link to a TED Talk by an artist named Beatrice Caron, and she Mm -hmm. is a, well, she does paper cutting primarily, but she branches into other mediums, but still in the style of her paper cuts. And she, in this TED Talk, which I will link in the show notes because it's worth watching and again she comes at this from an artist's perspective and it's right. wonderful to to take in and, and especially how she uses story as part of her paper cuts but she walks out onto the stage wearing a full length tyvek cape that has been paper cut with like wow. the storytelling imagery uh storytelling imagery and it's it's just remarkable. It's also brilliant that she has 
made it out of Tyvek because, of course, that's not going to tear the way that trying to make it out of regular paper would. Which No, that weirdly will last. Yeah. Already kind of blows your mind, though, that she's cutting Tyvek, which if you've ever worked with it, it is so slippery that I'm, I'm already amazed at her skills just from that. But, um, oh yeah, absolutely. The, the level of detail that she puts into her paper cuts, which of course she also gives like a, a little bit of like the history of like the word silhouette and, um, paper cutting in general, um, and like artists books Kirigami. and things. Yeah. Like she, mm-hmm. you know, explains some of these things and, but so paper cutting you you automatically lose some detail because of the nature of cutting silhouettes and keeping it all joined together but it's still really really detailed and amazing so yeah um go and make sure that you take in at least some of of her TED talk because it's it's amazing and i just thought all right let's let's talk about cutting paper and making making things like this like i did um <laughs> it's almost really it's no it's definitely funny to go from talking about a hand cut tyvek cape to the paper cuts that i paper cutting project that i most recently did which was very simple cutouts to make christmas or not christmas um winter holiday puns. So there was Christmas, but there was also um, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and New Year's and uh, solstice and stuff. But um, they were simple and so that I could make patterns to give and let kids make them. Mm-hmm. But even that, even simple paper cutting like that, it's just not an easy thing. You really have to know what you're doing. <laughs> And one tiny slip and the whole thing Uh is like, nope. Exactly. And that really freaks me out. Like, that's some high stakes work. Yeah. Um, And so, like, Beatrice um, Carone, she often will work on long pieces that are like scrolls. And so she'll have it out on a table and you, there's, she shows a video of her like working all sped up and... Hmm. I'm not sure if she works with a, you couldn't tell, she didn't, I wish that they had shown or she had shown more of her process of like actually doing the cutting, less about the story, but that was not really the focus of the the TED talk, but I wanted to see more of it like in action, but like I couldn't tell how much she used uh, like a knife versus a scissors. Yeah, well, I'm looking at um uh specifically some uh contemporary paper cutting artists uh on my modern met and it seems that there are specific kinds of paper that are often used and it looks like a lot of these people only use exacto knives which I mean, it makes sense because that's like a different kind of control. You can work on it flat. You know, you yeah. you don't risk the like, you know, point, folding at points and, you know, cutting out um, 
small areas that way, that would be helpful. But that's still a... Oh, well, see, now I've, I've gone to My Modern Met, and there on the homepage they show you a uh, paper quilling artist that um, is different paper craft, but gorgeous, really beautiful, yeah. very different. I uh, just dropped a link into the show notes. Okay. Um, that is a paper sculpture that is um, natural organism based by uh, it's called the magic circle yeah by Rogan Brown and wow Um, apparently his work is a combination of hand and laser cuts okay Um, and I could stare at it for hours well yeah uh, and I Very... will definitely um, link to that in the show notes because what? It is so delicate. Well, and that's, so I think, delicate. that's even like the the Tyvek cape. It's, I mean, it's still going to be delicate. It's less delicate because it's Tyvek, but like the, the fine um, details and the way that it, um, the layers on this, on this piece are... Wow, astounding! Um, they they look like air, yeah, like like almost just wisps of smoke that have ended up in mm-hmm. that shape. Yeah, sort of I reminds mean, reminds me of dropping dye into water almost. Yeah, or like, um, when you um like make a wish on a dandelion and all yeah. of the tiny little it's um it looks soft. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it. It does look really, really soft. Oh wow! I, I um, I really like both the organisms and like um, human anatomical paper yeah. cutting, but I just came across this artist named. Um, Masayo Fukada, who's, who made this cephalopod that has just kind of broken my brain. Okay. Um, and this, apparently, um, historically it has been kiragami, mm-hmm. um, that paper cutting instead of folding is referred to as, and modern versions of this are just mind-blowing. Um, I'm going to drop this link in the show notes so you can see this cephalopod that I think will also break your brain. Okay. You know those marble statues where they have, like, gossamer veils and you can see through yes. like it looks like fabric and it is deeply unclear how they managed to do that like with transparency and uh-huh. stuff this is like that yeah okay side note um so, but also about my sister that got this topic happening first of all the cephalopod <laughs> wow right i don't even i i don't even understand 
Okay. But um, side note about the statues or ceramic type figures. Um, we knew someone who collected pieces like that. And mm -hmm. she had in her home a bust of the Virgin Mary mm -hmm. that she had carried home from Italy, like personally carried home from Italy with right. uh, a veil that was like that. Mm -hmm. And the process for this is literally taking fabric, dipping it in the, you know, ceramic coating. And then when it's fired, the inside, the fabric part disintegrates and it's left with just the, the ceramic which is not, you know, it's lacy, right? It's it's see-through, oh. but that's how they do it. But That's cool. Well, that's, not in, like, marble carving. No, not in marble, right, in, but in, in uh, like, ceramic in ceramics. Ones, right? That's cool. I didn't know that. So, but what that means is it's very, very delicate. And so uh -huh. if your little sister were to go up and want to see how it feels and they touch it with their finger, oh, no. they might just stick their whole <laughs> finger right through and... And hopefully your friend is very understanding and does not uh, say that you need to pay for replacing said piece of sculpture. Yeah. My heart just stopped when you said that. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, my yeah, that's goodness. a mm -hmm. classic, classic story there. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but I would imagine that you would feel that way about these delicate paper cuts is that you probably, I mean, I would think that you could very easily stick your finger through it. You, it would just, oh, yeah. it would just fall apart. And yet here they are holding it in their hands to show it yeah. off. I mean, I would be terrified to have one of these pieces in my home. Yeah. Even if, you know, mounted and protected and such because just like the vibration of living in New York City. Yes. I feel like would destroy yeah. these. This whole um, article that you found though is absolutely gorgeous because it has paper cutting from around the world. Yeah. I, love it. I think um my favorite little tidbit that I stumbled upon while looking into paper cutting is uh, paper cutting always reminds me of, like, woodcuts. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and apparently Hans Christian Andersen made paper cuts. He was an enthusiast for paper cutting and I guess is quoted to um, have said in, um, let's see, which... Uh, in a letter that he wrote in July of 1867, he said that paper cutting is the prelude to writing. That's cool. Yeah. And so the Hans Christian Andersen Museum in Denmark has a collection of his paper cuttings. That's amazing. I also, like, the section on this, in this article about India that is fascinating is that um, so in, in India, they will make these um, rangulis with mm. um, powdered dye. And yes, that's, which is 
beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. My um my sister. Wow, she's like she comes up in this episode a lot. I don't know how that. Maybe has happened. we should have invited we her should to have. join us. Um, she at a school where she used to teach. Um, one of the other teachers or assistant teachers um, would always make a ranguli on the on the floor for um, for Diwali and. It was, you know, I would always see photos and they're beautiful. And she was making those by hand. But what this article talks about is how they often will use paper cut stencils to make these really intricate designs. And I I didn't know that. I'd never seen ones that are quite this detailed before. And it makes absolute oh. sense. Yeah, I've I saw one being created at Maker Faire. Mm-hmm probably a decade ago when um when I was working for craft and make yeah and there were stencils used in that and they were far more detailed than I would have expected and they lasted way longer than I would have expected like yeah. they were in the middle of a thoroughfare <laughs> um but it was just so cool and I'm really glad that because it was a work thing I had to be there early enough to see it at least the end of it happening because wow yeah it's Mm, really amazing it's a very it's a very cool thing um but yeah I've the now I want to see more examples of ones with these very intricate stencils because you can tell from the example here that it's not that huge so <laughs> that means they're working very small it's I really impressive don't think that i knew that traditionally they were on water yeah i don't think that i knew that either <laughs> and so the thing we're looking at is a paper cut on water Filled in with these dyed powders. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, it's... Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to take in when you think about how that actually happens. It really... It's it's actually kind of humbling to to look at these things because you just think of how little you know about a lot of things. And <laughs> it's beautiful to learn. So, hmm. yeah, I I love falling down uh or I guess stumbling upon a path that leads to so many different things that I hadn't thought about. Um my brother-in-law is a professional who plays early music and specifically um, instruments like the cornetto and fiorbo and um, lutes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Things like that. And he is extremely talented. And a couple of summers ago, probably more than a couple since the pandemic has paused (laughs) time, He was spending the summer, um, my father-in-law is a violin maker, and so uh, Nathaniel, my brother-in-law, was spending the summer working 
in the violin studio with his dad just, you know, to see if that was a path he wanted to go down. Uh-huh. And so he built a lute. And As one does. Like you, you do. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so he was briefly a luthier. Uh, and, um, but the point when I saw the process was when he was cutting out the rosette. So you know how like, um, guitars have the, uh, opening yeah. in the Where center. Where the, the strings well, go over and yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so do lutes. Yeah. Um, but they usually have really intricate wooden, um, like very, very, very thin wooden cutouts. Yeah. And that's all done by hand. And sure. so my brother-in-law was, for the first time, I believe, doing this very intricate um, 17th century wood rosette carving on super thin wood with obviously paper on top yeah. with an exacto knife. And it was very much this. And I was so stressed out on his <laughs> behalf. Yeah. I just noped right on out of there. Um it- but it was really cool. Yeah. That is very cool. Well, that's like I one time I was I was at Disney World and I was actually at Disney Springs, so like the shopping area near Disney yeah. related to them. And there was, you know, one of the little specialty carts where you can buy all manner of, you know, the, each cart has its own thing. And this one particularly was for having silhouettes made and the way that they are done is they hire a very skilled artist to run that cart so they are your your salesperson and your paper cutter and this woman just stood there and looked at the person and cut out a perfect silhouette of them that is just so impressive it was it was like magic and wow. and my dad had a whole conversation with her because that's what my dad does when we're anywhere. And um, your dad and my mom. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, talked about like other people that she knows that like it's a it's a very specific field of doing that kind of silhouette cutting and like the people all know each other because of that, you know. And it was fascinating. Oh, yeah. But you know, she just cut out a perfect silhouette of someone that she had never seen before. And I that kind of spatial <laughs> awareness yeah. is truly a skill. Yeah. And then combine it with an understanding of um, a, a mastery of the tools and, and materials because paper does things. And if you, cut at the wrong angle you can tear it you can overcut you can make a mess of it and wrinkle it it's like all of the things and yeah it's amazing yeah. being able to do that with accuracy and speed yeah and like, there's it's small too like yeah. this person was making a silhouette that was probably 
four to five inches tall. I really wish that more people had experience making things that require skill. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot more appreciation should be given to, like, artists in those situations with those skills because they are, like, I feel like everyone should be, like, mind-blowingly impressed. Yeah. And they're probably not. Uh, Yeah. I feel like that would make me throw people in a swamp. (laughs) I mean, mean, Disney World. Disney, there was, I mean, there was a clean body of water nearby, so clean-ish. So you could could at least do that, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to throw somebody where the alligators are. No, but like the giant Lego sea serpent, that would be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that's fine. I, I don't want to ruin your day. <laughs> no. I just want to make you mildly uncomfortable for exactly. a little while in Florida. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of Disney, though, um, mm. switching gears from this person that hand cut stuff, um, then we get into the realm of like cutting machines and and yes. all of that. And I. Oh my goodness. I just realized that my cousin-in-law, um, Brittany, makes intricate storytelling 3D paper cut art. And I oh. had, like, with lighting and all oh. sorts of things. And I had completely forgotten until just this moment. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if she has an online presence. She's, I think, known in the cosplay world. Oh, um, Okay. That's Her cool. Name is Brittany Cox, I think. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if that you is know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her last name. <laughs> I, I do know her name. Yeah. But um, anyway, sorry that just occurred to me at that exact moment. I, I'll see no, if I, I can find some. Yeah, yeah. Work. Um, but yeah, so, um, I kind of have a a mixed bag relationship with cutting machines for a variety of reasons. But there is a, a designer who I always love her stuff, and she does a ton of Disney themed uh, pieces, yeah, um, like patterns that she just gives away for free because Disney. But um, her uh, her website is designed by designs by Miss Mandy, M A N D E E dot com, mm-hmm. and she does some especially like I don't always know. I don't always feel like I know what to do with these beautiful designs. Like if I were to make something, like what would I do? How would I make it? What would it, all of the things. But I especially love that she does these paper cut pieces that either become like paper lanterns so that you can have them with vellum behind so that they glow and it is making these scenes from Disney films. Or she recently made... Um, I think it was an Encanto inspired like house scene, but she will make like the castles and all of these things. And, you know, it's got all of the different layers to it. And sometimes it's like the lanterns are always done in one color. Other things she does it in multiple colors and it gets all layered. Absolutely fascinating stuff. That's cool. Not how my brain works when it comes to 
cutting machines, whether it's cutting paper or vinyl or any of the things. I have done so few things. I own two paper cutting machines, both of which were gifted to me for different, in different realms and reasons. I always struggle with them. This is where I feel like a Luddite. I would, I just like cutting my, I, I will, I will cut stuff out by hand, even if it takes longer than I know it would have taken by just doing it on the cutting machine. Largely because setting the whole thing up always stresses me out, I think. Oh, yeah. I, that makes complete sense <laughs> to me. It is. There's, it's sort of like similar to hand sewing for me. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm, I have more control, even if I for sure do not have more control. Well, and I think, you know, just like machine sewing, if I were to spend more time using my cutting machines, it would, I would get more comfortable with certain processes. But like the last thing that I, the last thing that I did, I made like a tag and a bookmark that was basically pre-punched to do cross stitch through it, which was, I really liked the way it looked. It came and it was a cool way to do it. And I probably will try making more things like it, but I'm not, comfortable enough with even like the different types of materials to put on the cutting mat and how like which cutting mat I should really be using and so then I ended up with some things that weren't cut as well and then other things where it was like starting to peel off the back of the paper on the cutting mat and I just I'm not proficient in it and it seems like I should be great at it either it seems like it should be a certain amount of just like Oh yeah, you just do the thing, but it really isn't even there, you know. No, it's definitely not. Um, uh, I am weirdly fascinated with um, laser cutters, like 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 a Glowforge or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that can do just perfect tiny ridiculous things that I do not understand how that can happen yes those I I know a couple people who who have them and they have made some very cool things with them yeah yeah I I mean just to brag for a moment but the lemonade shop who does hand-dyed yarns and then also makes some very cute stitch markers to go with them I designed some little characters for her because I did also did her logo and those characters have been made into teeny tiny stitch markers and it's so cool. It's so cool to have something that I drew as a laser cut acrylic stitch marker. (laughs) All right. That's awesome. It's, it's a very fun thing. (laughs) Uh, That is, that's really cool. Um, I think the only time I've ever actually really encountered laser cut stuff, it was, um, oh goodness, I'm not sure if I'm actually allowed to talk about it. Oh. Um, uh, a person I was in a, um, salon type group was a designer of castles for a certain... Okay. Very large um, brand. Uh huh. That might use castles. 
<clears throat> a lot okay. and um, sent us a sent us all a prototype of the paper castle to build. Oh, cool! Um, as it was being developed, and it was a pretty famous castle. Nice. And it was awesome. And the whole point of this group was that every month one of us would teach a skill or bring a project yeah. um, and send actual mail to everyone else with yeah. what they needed. And so the just the perfection of detail on a prototype yeah. broke my brain. Yeah. That's... Like, that is yeah. very cool. <laughs> well, uh, should we... Oh, my goodness. I was going to say wrap it up. And it's a ha! dad joke. Ha! Paper! Wrap ha! it up! <laughs> I made the dad joke You this did. Time. But I'm going to get right in there because I think we're going to need to cut you off. <laughs> oh, dear. Boo. Also, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts, because good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Indeed. Yay! And right on cue, a thunderstorm is coming outside my window, so... I just saw the... It's a mite green. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like the whole room went dark and the thunder started. So nice. A good place to end. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye.